Welcome to Onward, an interview series with Scott Sherrard. Hi, I'm Greg Thompson, and on December 13th, I had an opportunity to spend some time with Scott as he was beginning to record his new album at the legendary Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. 2016 has been an incredible and memorable year for Scott, both with his band and as the musical director and lead guitarist for the Greg Allman Band. 2016 began with Scott playing Dwayne Allman's famous 1957 Les Paul Goldtop during a run of shows in January with the Greg Allman Band in Macon. And in December, thanks to the Allman Brothers Big House Museum, Scott has been able to use the Gold Top at Fame Studios as part of the recording for his new album. I started our conversation in Muscle Shoals by asking Scott to look back at 2016, a year that has been bookended with opportunities to play Dwayne Allman's Gold Top. Well, this year, I have to be honest, has been probably the best year in my entire creative life. I can't believe how many sort of tributaries of influence and how many uh, skills I've had to bring to bear to get through this year. I was looking at a list the other day of just the gigs that we've done. We've pulled off so much, and that's musically. It's not just numbers. It's not just connecting with fans, which is so important, obviously, creatively. I feel like we've been doing a lot this year, and that's with my own band and with the Greg Allman band, both. So it's almost like I'm in two bands that have sort of been at their peak creatively in this last year. As far as uh, addressing something like working at Fame Studios or playing Dwayne Allman's original Les Paul that he used on the first two Allman Brothers albums and the Layla recordings, how do you quantize that? There's no way to really talk about it except just state that it happened and just try to internalize that into your DNA and then hope that somehow you find a way to express yourself in an original way with those tools. But it's pure inspiration and and I was just saying yesterday to the people at Fame who are just lovely like everyone who works there is just amazing and it feels like they're a family and we're a family and everyone's working together and of course is my second record I've made there in this year very few people are lucky enough to be able to say I made two records at Fame this year one of them is my own and one of them is with Greg Allman so yeah I'm pinching myself every day I mean you know I'm gonna be 40 at the end of the month so It's not like I feel like uh, I'm getting it too soon. I feel like I'm ready for it, but uh, I also feel incredibly lucky that it ever happened in my lifetime. (laughs) Well, and looking at that, you know, when you're holding that gold top and when you're on stage with Greg Allman and Macon, uh, what's kind of going through your head at that point? Well, the gold top has been making the rounds a lot. It's being played by all kinds of great musicians. I saw a clip of Vince Gill using it on Melissa, and he was playing the most incredible stuff. The instrument, it brings something out of everyone who touches it because of its connection to Dwayne. It's a piece of wood with pickups on it. It, It's an extraordinary piece of wood with pickups on it to begin with, but the fact that he played it in such a creative and incendiary point in his life and in music in general. I mean, the Allman Brothers were part of a larger sort of cultural zeitgeist with their music in the late 60s. I think that that instrument represents a lot. And I think when any of us touch it, it's like having a conversation with the instrument. I think that's special, no matter how much it's played. That said, when you play that instrument with Greg Allman's voice, that is a very rare opportunity. You know, I remember particularly playing uh, Dreams and Trouble No More with him, like a tune like Trouble No More, where they have those 
The whole song is a conversation in the Allman Brothers arrangement with Dwayne's guitar and Greg's voice. You hear the same thing in Statesboro Blues. Greg sings a phrase, Dwayne answers. And of course they got that from, you know, you could trace that back to call and response in the cotton fields all the way through to Bobby Bland and Wayne Bennett, their back and forth of guitar and voice, to B.B. King, who sings and answers his vocal with the guitar. Those guys had ingested all that and come up with their own sort of ballet with the melody. But when you put that guitar on the bridge pickup, that was sort of Dwayne's sound on those first records. And when you put the slide on, the glass slide, and you start going back and forth with Greg Allman on Trouble No More, for me, that was the spine-tingling moment, was when I heard that. You know, like I was saying before, man, I just, I've gotten really lucky this year. I mean, I paid my dues. I see it all as just inc incredible good fortune to have an experience like that, because that's the music that made me start. The Allman Brothers were one of the bands. When I was a kid, there were a couple special rock and roll bands that changed my life and said to me, you... Uh, middle-class white kid can play blues, love soul music, love blues music, love jazz, internalize it all, and come up with a statement that reflects how much you love and respect this art form and the people who created it and take part in it. And those bands were like the Allman Brothers, Little Feet, Led Zeppelin. Those bands were bands that kind of showed that, but in particular the Allman Brothers because they had such a, an incredible uh, patchwork quilt of American musical style in their music. There were no boundaries with time signatures, genre labeling, you know, instrumentation. It was all just blown off the charts. And a lot of that was, you know, Dwayne was their leader. He had the balls to just pull it all together and bring out the best in everyone around him. There was a moment in the Trouble No More this January, and I was there. You talk about that conversation that goes on. There was a moment where Greg kind of looked over at you. I don't know that you saw him, but he, it was kind of like, wow, you know, it's there. And that had to be very special for him as well as you. I've been with Greg for about nine years, you know. We started writing songs together a few years ago and I had the good fortune of him really enjoying some of my solo records I've made and covering a couple of my songs. And then we just kept getting deeper and then I ended up, you know, he asked me to assume the role of being his music director a couple of years ago. We kind of remade the band a little bit, I think for the better, and it's even better now. And I think that it's just been a really incredible sort of mentorship process I've gone through with him and and I, I pay attention to everything he says and, and try to bring the best principles of what he does because he puts the music first always. He is still a man who no matter what he's achieved with his sort of rock stardom it, it's very irrelevant to him at the end of the day. He's very humble in the face of his influences and that is so inspiring to watch as someone who's of a younger generation, to see someone who's such a master who puts on muddy waters and just goes, man, is it ever gonna get any better than this? He still listens to blues every day. Well, and I think that part of that is he feels like he's one of the torch carriers now because you know these guys are, are leaving us and Greg's still here. And you said you spent nine years with Greg. What is the most important thing, most valuable thing you've learned from him during that time? What has he taught you? Man, that's like a huge, a huge list. Maybe I'll try to just get it down to what the most important thing for me is that he's taught me as 
as sort of as a band leader, like I'm his lieutenant in his band, but I watch how he leads and especially how he is creative. His writing process, like we wrote a song together that's going to be on the new Southern Blood record. As I said before, he's covered my tune, Love Like Kerosene, which we actually cut another version of it that's going to be on Southern Blood, but it's also on the Back to Making Live record. And it's become kind of a staple of our live shows. But watching him interpret a song I've written vocally or lyrically, making these little changes that makes it fit his voice. And then, of course, the writing process of this song that we've written together, My Only True Friend, and just like watching his care. And there's sort of this way of looking at, uh, I think, at writing when you find someone who's a master songwriter and singer, also a master interpreter of song as a vocalist. They have a way of just treating a song like an elaborate puzzle, but then in the end, it comes out straight from their heart. That's an unbelievable skill set that only wisdom and time can bring. And of course, Greg was an old soul to begin with. I mean, how do you write Dreams yeah. or Whipping Post or Midnight Rider or Melissa at those in your teens, basically? Yeah. You just have to soak it in. It's all... And I find this too, like working at Fame, you know, yesterday with Spooner Oldham and David Hood. It's like, what do you do? You just, you just have to soak it in. There's no, there's no school for this. Yeah. I get the sense that you are also a fan of music. But so yeah. are those guys. Exactly. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. That's when you really can lock in with what it's all about. Even yesterday, talking to David and Spooner, they couldn't talk enough about other musicians, younger musicians they know now, mm -hmm. you know, musicians they knew back in the day who they were trying to cop parts. You know, Spooner was telling uh, our organ player Eric about when Spooner was playing organ on Mustang Sally, yeah. he'd heard a demo with Charles Hodges on organ, and he was trying to imitate Charles. And this is, you know, back on the original Wilson Pickett Mustang Sally. Yeah. And Charles is playing on our record at the end of the week. <laughs> So, I mean, how do you make that up, man? It's just crazy. Thanks for joining us for Onward, an interview series with Scott Sherrard. There's more from my conversation with Scott in our other segments. To find out the latest on what's happening with Scott, please visit his website, scottsherrard.com. To hear and see other work from my catalog, please visit missingwordsolutions.com.